just jumping in to do a quick little disclaimer. This episode is so interesting. It's with our producer friend Liam. And there's so much good information here. It's really funny. He's really funny. We had a little mini audio oops. And so we had to use the Zoom audio from our conversation with Liam. But we still think it's really valuable to post. Stick around (laughs) and check it out. So stick around and check it out. But just if you're noticing a little difference, we'll be back to our normal audio quality next week. But thank you so much for listening. Still listen to it. It's really good, I swear. wanted to tell me that my uncle brought me a mango. Oh, nice. Okay, Okay, everybody, welcome back to episode seven of Starring Tips of the World with super special guest, crowd goes wild, Liam Reyes. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Liam. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming. Liam is just the best. He's a producer and songwriter based in New Jersey, New York City. Do, which one do you usually say? New Jersey, New York? I say whatever. New Jersey. The best thing real. to come out of New Jersey. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> New Jersey. <laughs> True. Um, you've worked on, like, a massive catalog of songs. Like, I'm always, like, astounded by just, like, you work on so many songs it's crazy Mm -hmm. and we met liam through working with our friend rachel bachner on purple and yeah Mm -hmm. purple crew purple crew that's what this is (laughs) so on our podcast we like to play this game called right tour tank and it's like our version of f mary kill but like the musical version oh man (laughs) yeah we pulled these people off of covers that we saw you do on your instagram Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we don't know how attached you are to the artist, but we'll find out, I guess. Okay. So you can write with one. You can tour with one. And when you're touring with them, it's strictly touring. So there's no writing involved. And then okay. one that you have to tank. And mm-hmm. you have three okay. options. Tank is just uh-huh. like, like a throw. Like the water tank. Like you throw oh, that's the ball. Okay. That's what I think of. Yeah. You just okay. throw the ball and they fall into the water and that's it. <laughs> got it. So got your it. options are Frank Ocean, Kendrick Lamar, and my chemical romance <laughs> oh my god we're gonna do this <laughs> all right um writing has to be frank ocean mm, I think a million that's percent that that man is art you know so True. writing with him is literally like painting with da vinci <laughs> so can't, can't do that wow man oh actually no i think i know my answer i think i would so people are going to be very like confused by this okay um I would so tour with My Chemical Romance, and I actually would yeah. tank. The I would controversy. Tank. That is so, kind of a controversy, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you would, that's what I'm saying. Like nobody would say that because everybody thinks like, "Yo, Kendrick would be lit." Mm-hmm. I actually heard that Kendrick isn't as insane live. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah, like people people think that to a degree he's kind of just like your regular. I don't want to say regular rapper. Of course, he has, like, an amazing stage, like, thing. But, like, when it comes to, like, his performance that he puts on on stage, like, mm-hmm. it's not to the level of, like, Travis Scott crazy. It's not to the level of even, like, sometimes mm. Drake crazy. Um, he kind of just spits his bar, spits his facts. Mm-hmm. And, huh. you know, that's, that's the show. But um, for me, My Chemical Romance, like... Good especially- performers. Yeah, they're performers, and mm-hmm. especially with the the energy that they have now. Like, people were people mm-hmm. were going for those tickets when they were on sale, like insane. <laughs> yeah. So imagine like comparison to like a My Chemical Romance tour comeback mm-hmm. comparison to right now, just like a regular 
regular Kendrick's. old Kendrick. <laughs> yeah, it's like the oh, energy. Because I get you that. You also never know when it's gonna end. That's like, true. Yeah. My Chemical Romance could just end tomorrow and be okay, but not Kendrick. Huh. That is that's that a good is answer. Controversy. I mean, thought through. I like it. Okay, yeah. I respect that. I respect that. So, can you start with just like a background of your musical journey? How where'd you start? How'd you get to the great Liam that we know today? <laughs> yeah. So. The way that music happened to me, I used to be a huge nerd, like a humongous, I mean, I still am. Love it. But when I mean a nerd, I used to be huge into video games. Mm. And when I was a teenager, my brothers basically got me into a, uh, brought me into a game called Guitar Hero. Hmm. I used to play guitar here all the time. Yeah, it was this <laughs> so weird toy slash yeah. video game that it was like, this is so, so I got really good at Guitar Hero to the point mm. where I, I would kind of just be playing like blindly, mm-hmm. but instead of just like playing, I would look at the people in the background and be like, huh. that's so cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like looking at like rock stars, like doing yeah. this and like, yeah. I remember my sister used to make fun of me because whenever I'd play, like, you know how, like, people make fun of me for, like, breaking my neck all the time? Like, I would do that <laughs> with Guitar Hero as a kid. I'd just be like, wow. Like, damn, um, I'm really slaying this Guitar Hero. <laughs> it's like, I can reach the orange button, man. Like, Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, because of that, um, I asked my dad for, like, a guitar, and he thought mm-hmm. it was just going to be, like, another fad. He was like, you better not you know, waste my money with this, little bit no <laughs> money well spent. Um, but, you know, yeah. that's how I got into just music because I used to actually, like, kind of hate music as a kid. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Like, again, like, I would have never guessed. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really did because, like, I did piano. Mm-hmm. Like, I hated it. Hated it. <laughs> I couldn't read music for anything. But then I got introduced to like rock music and emo music that I was like, this mm-hmm. is this feels where I should be. You're like my you know? people. Yeah. Yeah. Like these are my people. These are where I feel the most relevance. So mm-hmm. I started doing that. I started writing music in the fifth or sixth grade. This mm-hmm. is when I was like, I wrote my first song in like the fifth grade. It was probably complete trash, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was definitely like something that I was like, wow, like I can do this. Um, and then skip over, skip over, because it's all kind of just like I was in bands. Um, I started doing my own solo things, just like acoustically, because I was into mm-hmm. bands like My Scene Aesthetic, which is mm-hmm. very like emo that nobody knows mm-hmm. about. You know? um, and then because of that, I wanted to make demos and I wanted to make albums because mm-hmm. for myself, because I didn't want to pay a lot of money to go to studios. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. It was kind of just like, okay, if I can figure out how to do this by myself, I'm just going to do it. So um, it all started with a computer mic. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if you guys remember, but like the tube computer mics that like would come because they don't have built-in mics. Oh, yes. Yes. I think I can visualize. Yeah. It was like super, super back in the... I found it in my storage room and... Of course, Audacity at the time was a thing. So it was that mm-hmm. plus Audacity and a guitar. And that's how I started. And then fast forward a couple of years, I started getting better at it. And then I started to make records for myself. And then that resulted mm-hmm. in 
people hearing those records and people kind of just automatically coming to me being like, I want you to make my record now because that's so clean. I can't get that anywhere else. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then, you know, that's basically how I got into the whole recording game. And it was all kind of just like uphill from there. Like it's always just been a progression in the art and in the skill, in the craft Mm -hmm. of recording and just becoming a great musician in the process, you know? Yeah. Wow. What an origin story. It all started with Guitar Hero. It's funny uh-huh. that you mentioned Guitar Hero because that like reminds me of Just Dance. Did you ever do Just Dance? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I was like, I had, was listening to Toxic by Britney Spears the other day and I was like, had this flashback to, yeah, why was I listening to Toxic? I don't know, but like, <laughs> of like, that was like the song that I always did Just Dance to. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, I wonder if this still exists. So I just like YouTube the videos and I started like doing all of them without like a remote. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, this is muscle memory at that point. I mean, yeah. I think so. It's kind of programmed into your brain. What else are you gonna do? I know. Exactly. Anyway, kind like, of I related to guitar stop. hero, but you said that like you started producing because you like didn't didn't want to go to a studio. Obviously, they're mad expensive and wanted to like kind of be able to do it yourself. So, like, how did you just learn, like, through making stuff? Or did you ever, like, seek out classes or, like, any type of thing? Like, how did you learn to produce, like, specifically? So, um, I would say that I definitely attribute 90% of my learnings in this entire music. You know, not Mm -hmm. just, like, song, not just, like, producing, but, like, songwriting and artistry. Like, it's all YouTube. And... Yeah, I just slept on concept because I remember, you know, the day I found that little tube mic, Uh (laughs) right, that little plastic tube mic, um, I figured out like what, you know, a quarter inch jack was, I figured out the difference between Uh a regular guitar jack and like, and, you know, I even remember like at one point calling like Guitar Center, not knowing anything. (laughs) being like, yeah, I want to plug this, like, microphone into, like, it was obviously, like, XLR, but, like, I only had, like, the the microphone jack mm-hmm. uh-huh. that was just, like, the quarter inch or whatever, and it was, like, through that, I was just, like, all right, well, obviously, I need to find a way to get this to there. Yeah. And then through progression, so it's definitely, like, looking it up on YouTube and learning or just, mm-hmm. like, watching people who are, like, a little bit older than me who are Mm -hmm. actually doing it at home or are actually like finding ways to do it themselves and just Mm -hmm. mimicking them, you know? So it it was no classes. It was definitely not in school. In fact, like like, in high school, we did a, we did an audio class, Uh like an audio engineering producing class. In high school? In high school. Yeah. It was like one year. It was weird because like, you know, we didn't think it was going to get funded, but it did. Mm-hmm. But then I was in it and I was like, <laughs> like, I know all of this. Like, I, I learned this like. Two all on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is all on YouTube. We were playing with GarageBand. Uh-huh. And it was like, you know, never mind. I think I'm just in this for like an easy grade. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, you can learn, learning stuff from YouTube is the story of my life. I don't yeah. know. Nothing I haven't learned from YouTube. <laughs> I feel like the fact that you taught yourself just makes you that much more impressive. Yeah, I mean, snaps to that. Because you're cool. so good. I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay, so you work with loads of different artists. 
So how does your creative process differ when you're working by yourself or when you're working with different people? Um, when I'm working with different people, and you guys definitely see this because you've been in the studio with me, I, mm -hmm. always, um, I always try to figure out the end goal of the artist. You know, and yeah. the end goal of the artist is always going to be different than the end goal of me, you know, but mm -hmm. I think that just as a producer, it's important to never put yourself in front of the artist. It should always be mm -hmm. artist first, producer. It's like, you know, in football, like we're literally like a quarterback. We're supposed to be like helping you guys. Yeah. And, and it's different when we are working with people like you guys in comparison to working with ourselves. Like, cause to me, it's like, when I have a song, I know my end goal or like I progressively know my mm -hmm, end goal. Mm -hmm. And it's like whether I know exactly how to reach that end goal or like I know who to go to to help reach mm -hmm. that end goal. It's, it's different in a sense of just like the flip of the artist is coming to me because I am part of their end goal. You know, so instead yeah. of like having to take over, be completely like, be like the full project, it's just like I'm here to aid you to breach what you want yeah. to by the end of it nice I, that makes a lot of sense like because you have to think of it as like a whole thing even though you might have your own like artistic perspective to be like oh this is kind of a bit more about them i get that exactly yeah. yeah like i think that a lot of producers get in their head of um having it be all about themselves mm -hmm. uh, it's it's kind of like a cliche now you know whenever i have <laughs> like it's like i used to work with this producer it's like yo why are they putting themselves in front of you? Like, this is your song. By the end of the yeah. day, this is going on your Spotify. This is going onto your brand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like... That makes sense. It's like, if you come to, like, a producer, it's like, you're, of course, going to get a certain sound, but they still should know how to, like, tailor themselves to what you want. Yeah. And that's why they're coming to you. Just kind of, like, logistical advice for people who are starting producing or they, like want to make it like something that they can do for like their job when did you like when you were learning when did you feel like oh i'm good enough to start like charging people for this you know what um, i mean <laughs> it, was, it was actually very early um he's and a I prodigy think, <laughs> <laughs> so the way the way the money happened so it happened literally in high school where mm. um I basically dropped my first two albums just under my own name, which was getting like enough traction to, for people to see that I was recording stuff. And mm -hmm. I did a few like free collaborations just for the fun of it. You know, it's like, hey, like, I kind of want to record this cover. And it's just like, all right, well, I need to learn anyways. Like, let's just do it. You know, I, I, I like you mm -hmm. as a person. Let's just do it. But then I got one of my friends who was like, I have a few originals. Like, do you want to make them for me? And then in my head, I was like, that's like I know how much time goes into it mm -hmm. and I'm like well I don't want to do this for nothing <laughs> you know what I mean so <laughs> I base and of course like when you're starting out you can't tell them like 300 <laughs> 500 <laughs> like that's atrocious so you know I actually did it for ten dollars a song wow and it was a whole album too so wow. it was like a 12 track album so I only made like what one 120 i don't know if that yeah yeah like yes. <laughs> it was so like like when you when you listen to it it's like yeah this sounds like you made it for 120 dollars. but that's that's how like i got like my first paid projects and of course like when 
my friend was telling me this, like when, when you're doing anything that you love and you make your first $100 doing it, it's like your first visual of like, I could do this. And mm-hmm. then it just keeps going to like, when you make your first thousand, it's like you make your first thousand. It's like, wow, I could do this for a living. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it keeps growing. It's like when I make my first hundred K, I could be rich. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I can still be rich <laughs> off of this. And then it just keeps growing until like you you reach like the point where it's kind of just like, all right, well, what am I gonna uh-huh. do? So yeah. that's, that's the goal. I, that's cool. That's the- Hustling from high school, you know, I'm out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've made no money. <laughs> that's not true. Purple. Oh, I guess. Purple. (laughs) We all got to split on that. (laughs) It's doing so great, guys. It really is. It passed 40,000, I think. Really? Yeah, Yeah, we looked at it yesterday. That's insane. I have to check right now. (laughs) So who are your producer, like, idols and inspiration and artists that you want to work with in the future? Like, your dream collaborations? Oh, um, dream collaborations? I guess, so I guess, like, when it comes to, like, a-listers mm-hmm. like people that like a lot of people know um mm-hmm. i would say like my top tier people is like john bellion i know? love him i he's, love him he's he was my top played artist last year <laughs> honestly like he's probably mine too because he if you watch his like behind the scenes videos of him producing it's sick like, it's great like and honestly i think it really influenced me to be so much more excited whenever mm. i create you know what i mean because like you see how excited he is so yeah like if i was in the room with him him and i would just be like screaming at each other <laughs> the energy would be top tier yeah it would be like a whole different like creation um i want to work with pharrell because i think mm, pharrell yes. is very diverse you know yeah. what i mean um and then when it comes to, like, the people that, I, in my opinion, feel so much more reachable, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would say, like, one of my biggest idols is this guy named uh, Jesse Barrera, because he's super big in the Asian community. We have a track out right now called Headspace. Um, Wait, so you have worked with him? I've, all right, so I, I haven't Achieving worked your with. dreams. Look at that. It was, it's one of those things where, like, when I did, when I did Headspace with Jesse... Mm-hmm. Um, I approached him with a fully complete song. So it was more just like, here's a song. I just need your vocals on it. Send it back to me. And yeah. then he changed it a bit. But that's different than like, I want to be like in the studio and write with him. Or I want to be in the mm. studio and like have a full on creation, like creation session and like be in that environment. I haven't done that yet, but it's one of those things where it's like, it's so reachable Mm-hmm. Like, yeah like, we're manifesting it's gonna happen i meant yeah exactly we're manifesting it liam and jesse right here on this podcast <laughs> manifesting <laughs> podcast. putting it out there yeah i'll give him the, <laughs> the shout out <laughs> just in case he hears it <laughs> yeah. well you kind of touched on this when you talked about like oh putting the artist's kind of vision of what a song's gonna be like um above your own but like when you're producing a song do you feel like your production really differs depending on the artist or you have like a strong style that kind of you can hear in everything you do um I would say there's like very minute things that I do Mm -hmm. that kind of scream like this is like of course he made this you know what I mean yeah especially like 
if you listen to the playlist that I have on Spotify, where mm-hmm. it's like a lot of the produced works kind of just back to back, you can hear certain things that are like the same. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like a personal challenge to me. And, you know, Anik definitely feels this because when we were working on Poison, it was like... I'm so excited for that song. <laughs> like, yo, we, I can't I wait for that it. either. It's one of those things where it's like, at times you kind of have um, a fresh slate where you can take it in whatever direction you kind of just experiment and kind of just like um like of course like give them like a sound but then at the same time like let them give you like perspective on like what they're trying to aim for you mm-hmm. know what i mean so it's a challenge within myself to be like all right they want this type of sound or they want to merge these two sounds that i've never merged together mm-hmm. and it's like that's when it's different and that's when you know, it's not just like the same thing recycled over and over again. It's like, yeah, I'm going to implement this to try to change this sound. And, you know, people aren't going to know. But then when I add this one riff or this one chord progression, <laughs> it's like they know that it's me because it's like, like oh, there he is. It's like, oh, he would so do that. <laughs> when you're working with people, how do you go about like making money as a producer? Like, how did you know how you were going to charge and like what type of deals you would strike? Like, oh, if you're asking for royalties, or if you're just going to charge a flat fee to work on something or that kind of thing. Um, so that all kind of just goes back to trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, for years, and it, it really actually wasn't up until last year, to be honest, where I wasn't collecting royalties for anything. Mm-hmm. And, and I saw the, the negatives of that real quick because one of my yeah. biggest clients... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really such a slept on yeah. income stream, right? Because one of my one of my biggest clients, like her and I, literally work so much, um, mm-hmm. and it's also she has like such a huge following. Mm-hmm. Um, we did like three originals, and she paid me just like a regular flat fee. And at the time, I didn't even know how to handle royalties to begin with, so. Mm-hmm. She basically hired me as just a work for hire and I signed a contract very willingly, by mm-hmm. the way, very willingly signed <laughs> work for hire contracts. And those songs blew up like those. Mm. There's at least like two or three of them that have over like 100,000 streams. Hey-o. And, you know, and it's crazy because it's like, wow, if I just knew yeah like I could I could be a little bit richer than I am now yeah. and but then at the same time like you know I learned from that and she also mm-hmm. knows how I, was, I don't want to say unfair but she also knows like the logistics behind royalties now yeah. so when we do work we do have royalties please and she's one of those people where I I'm so like in belief that she's gonna blow up soon mm-hmm. that you know I'm I don't mind just working for royalties because mm-hmm. it, it's such a good return, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, but then, like, when it comes to just, like, advances, like, I used to charge um, super, super low until my demand was just, like, super, super high. So it's just, like, mm-hmm. I will, you know, just, like, by, by mathematics, you have to, like, adjust for that. Yeah. Um, so at one point, it got up to $500, and Damn. no one was buying it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was buying it. And, you know, it cost me a lot of time and money. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. I was kind of just like, you know what, I think I need to make it easier or I need to make it more suitable for people so I can just start working with more people to work Mm -hmm. with the people that I want to work with instead of just getting anybody. 
So mm-hmm. especially since the quarantine, you know, like I, I told Anik this, how the Purple Crew is basically getting like a discounted rate alongside so the already you. like package. Nice yeah, like guy. I think it's like, it's good because like I, I know how you guys work because we we did it with purple mm-hmm. so it's like i can trust you <laughs> like from the jump <laughs> where you know there's some people with like budgets that i literally just met mm-hmm. and it's just like all right yeah well, i need to make money regardless yeah so you know <laughs> i'm going to like still stick to my rate of like you know my 200 now lowered from 500 which is a huge <laughs> right it's a little different yeah it's a little but different in all honesty like I'm okay with it, even if it's making less money, because it's allowing me to work with so much more people, yeah. you know, and so much more people are, like, down, especially people who are just getting into releasing music on Spotify. They see that uh-huh. as a steal, you know, like, yeah. what's $200? $200 is, like, an expensive pair of pants and some, like, clothes, like, yeah, <laughs> that's it. And especially since you do such great work, it's definitely, like, wow, this amazing yeah. producer Worth it. that I can actually afford. Yeah, like, my I love just like babying people through the whole process because it's like Nico's like even even when Rachel just dropped like Ocean Drive mm-hmm. like obviously mm-hmm. she just like had one song under her belt and seeing how even when she experiments with other producers which I completely like love that she does um, <laughs> it's like she learns so much more and she learns how Mm -hmm. to get her process down that like it's really like one of those things where again as a producer you're more than just like somebody who presses record you're somebody who has to like coach the people to to know like this is like the smart move to make this is what i think you should do i think yeah you're a facilitator yeah Yeah. instead of just doing it it's like the quarterback (laughs) me emailing liam after mental breakdown (laughs) These are the songs. I really have no idea what I want this to sound like. Please go off and do whatever you want. You know what's funny? Like I was I was listening to it too and like I was still hearing like some ideas, you know, and that's why like I when I told you I was like, I want to hear your side. So it's literally like hearing different sides of stories when you're producing mm-hmm. it. You have my side and then I could hear you go this way with it, but what if you go a completely different direction? It's like, I just know that I can trust you that when you give it back, it's going to be like top notch, you know? <laughs> and, and then now it's just like, okay, now let's just finish it. Let's just add things around that to just yeah. the whole package. And now it's just like a whole song that's worked. So speaking of back and forth with like artists and stuff when you're working on something, I mean, I feel like I can guess what your answer to this is based on what you've been saying. <laughs> but, like, we wanted to know how involved, like, do you have a preference, like, how involved an artist is? Like, do you care if they're like, oh, like, change this, add this, like, super involved? Or do you want to just, like, do your thing and, like, be kind of in, like, I don't know. I, I want them that. to be super involved. I, That's what I, I I'm going to guess. Yeah, I hate... <laughs> I mean, it's not that I hate because some people are just okay with what they're given, and they're just like, "Nice, mm-hmm. okay," and just like, "Cool." Here it is. Like, <laughs> that's how that's how like Rachel is, and like, you know. But then I've worked with artists. Like I worked, I worked with this one guy named Adam Acosta. Um, mm-hmm. He's all the way based in Cali and Vegas, and his music is very like artistic. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's the best way to put it. So somebody like him is of course going to be so much more involved in 
the final product and like tweaking things Mm -hmm. um, because he knows that like his end goal is like, no, I want this. I want this involved. I want to add this. So, and I love that because to me, it, it kind of feels more collaborative Mm -hmm. than it just being, I made this Mm -hmm. nice. I'm just going to go sing on top of it. And then it's just like, oh, like, it's like, okay, now no, I'm just going to mix it. It's just like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It feels so much more our thing or instead yeah. more like the artist thing or, or more my thing. You know what I mean? It feels like we really built this together. Yeah. I love do, that feeling. Do you find that with artists that kind of like are new to making music that you've worked with like over a long period of time, the more you work with them, the more involved they get with production because they start to learn more about it? Yes, a thousand percent. Like okay. the more, because like just as an artist, and this is coming from like being an artist myself, like when you first start, you literally don't know where to go. It's mm-hmm. literally like a dark room that by the time you start releasing things, like more lights kind of just go on. But like mm-hmm. at the same time, and I think this is such a great concept, is that the room to some degree is always going to be dark. Like for the rest of your life. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, as, for yeah. as long as you're a songwriter, the room is always going to be dark. But the thing is, like, that dark room still gets brighter each time you release something. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. even when you release something and you're, like, 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, it's still dark to the point where it's, like, you can still discover a different area that yeah. you never thought you'd be in. You know what I mean? So this is our semi, well, completely actually unrelated last question. <laughs> Just like wanted to check up on your mug collection. Oh my um, God. <laughs> have you had any new additions? <laughs> Probably um, not since quarantine. <laughs> the last mug that I got is from friend Jess. Oh she made God. this. Oh, this is from wow. She made it? Oh my God. And it's right here. Yeah. We can see it on the screen. Right here. Wow. Wow, this it's is like, is that cloud? She's That's so, so talented. Pretty. Yeah. She she did it with her friends because her friends, it was like her friend's birthday. She's like, we just want to do pottery. So she uh-huh. made it. Um, oh. I love mugs. Like, I will forever. Uh, like, Same. and I could, I could literally, like, get a PS5, right? <laughs> but then if somebody else gets me a mug, I'm going to be so ecstatic like, over the mug. <laughs> I don't even know how to contain my joy right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'd probably run. I'm just like, oh, a mug. Jumping. Oh, my God, a mug. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on our podcast. Thank you so much. Such a good convo. Yeah, I love this. This is great. Thanks for having me. I love talking. amazing, Liam. Yeah. You guys are great. Baby Boy Blue. Everyone go listen to all his music. Okay, song of the week, woman of the week. Do you want to go first? I think you should go first. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, I'm actually really excited about mine, my two this week because I picked, I picked things that were close to home. Sometimes I pick stuff that's like things that I, I don't know, that I find recently or that I just think are interesting. But I picked two. Both of mine this week are really important to me. Mm-hmm. So my song of the week is "Sweet Creature" by Harry Styles. I love um, that song. Yeah, oh God, and I know I we were just talking song. about it. But then I started listening to it, like, all last night because we were talking about it. Like, it's I know it's not, like, a super, like, obscure or, like, new find. Like, everybody knows about it. But 
these are tough times okay and like this song calms me down like to an extent that nothing else could literally no form of like just breathing or meditation could calm me down yeah it brings me home it centers me his voice i mean the song is beautiful it's like simple but like i love how it how it highlights his voice me too like especially when he's just like doing the like high bits in the bridge mm-hmm. and you're just like harry like who allowed you to sing just, like that it takes like, me out every single time i'm like oh my god yeah it's Chills. so beautiful just like the, the the harmonies and like arrangements it's so relaxing it feels like a lullaby and a love song and i have been relying on it recently because i just i need it's calming energy so yeah that's what my song of the week is nice, sweet creature nice. my i think styles. that's a great pick my song of the week is called cocaine jesus it's by rainbow Cr- kitten surprise damn <laughs> um this is a song that my friend ag actually showed to me she like went through like her little mm. indie phase where she was like i'm an indie girl now and i was like okay love it and love then an she's like oh, have you heard this this band rainbow kitten surprise and i was like no i've heard of that i think i Not knew sure. one of their other songs but i didn't know that one and i hadn't like listened extensively to like all of their music uh-huh. But after this song, I did, and I really do love them. And it's just a really cool song. I think you guys should definitely check it out. My woman of the week this week is Lord. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. And I love Lord. I just, I was thinking about her because a really good friend of mine is living in New Zealand for the year. Mm. And she's from New Zealand. And I was like, wow, things are just great in New Zealand. I'm like, my friend Jolly. is living his best life. Yeah. And Lord's from there. And she's just a mastermind. Yeah, she's brilliant she's and i amazing. love her music yeah she works her writing style her mm-hmm. work ethic just everything about her she's just like a mystical forest creature she's amazing <laughs> she works with jack antonoff a lot right yes yeah i think they're a great team i love everything they write together me too i really want her to come out with new music i saw a tweet that mm, was like i know oh can lord release a new album i need to know how to navigate my early 20s or something like that <laughs> and it's like her albums are just like staples it's literally in your a life. roadmap so vividly mm-hmm. Ugh, i miss her anyway i love my woman of the super week cut. she's a badass oh yes she is Supercut. i think is my favorite song from her second album that song i don't know why just, that one just really got me i added Supercut onto time. our road trip playlist oh no really that's so cute we have mm-hmm. a for the audience we have a road trip playlist for when we finally get out of quarantine we're going to niagara falls <laughs> yeah i was like i closed my eyes and i was like rachel behind we're the, gonna of the car build our road trip and I we're just like sitting in the car singing Vibing. super cut it's a oh, okay my woman of the week is funny that we talk about niagara falls rachel bachner oh i know that's so sweet so rachel is has been on the podcast before and she's a like best friend of ours like she's just the best she's another person um, that i was like who's gonna pick her first i know <laughs> yeah, we i thought about that. it i'm like will i pick rachel this week or like <clears throat> next week <laughs> she honestly she's my life inspiration she's my angel okay she's I'm, amazing i'm shouting her out kind of because like last week rosie mentioned songwriting soulmates mm-hmm. and i've them. been writing a lot with rachel and i just wanted to shout out one of my songwriting soulmates, you know? I have to like, also she's piggyback just, on that one. I, yeah. She's also a songwriting soulmate, I think. She's, I mean, she's just the best. But, like, music-wise, she's so supportive of music friends. And we just have, like, this this little, like, bond. This little, like, like me and Anik and Rachel have this little, like, hype-up, like, music <laughs> team. 
that just actually through like everything like through any projects when when anything is stressful or difficult it's like it's such an amazing thing to have to have like your core like musician besties that you're like I can go to them for anything and it's it's three girls so that's even better like I mean woman of the week like times three like you guys are my woman of the week every week every week every day yeah but and Rachel just released a song so seven billion people it's so good I'm fully obsessed with it. it it was my song of the week two weeks ago last week last week and i am obsessed with this song i am still obsessed with it i will always be obsessed with it <laughs> it's so good you guys definitely have to listen to it if you haven't already okay guys thank you for listening through the episode if you liked what you heard and you're listening on spotify then click that follow button do it if you liked what you heard and you which you did because you got made to the end so love you Woo. and you're listening on itunes or the podcast app same thing then leave a five-star review follow it and leave a comment and we'll read it and we'll smile and we'll love you (laughs) and for those cute adorable lovely people who are listening on soundcloud what a vibe um follow it like it repost it if you really want to share with your friends which we know you do And if you do, make sure to tag us on Instagram. Our handle's at Songwriting Saves the World. Mm-hmm. You can also interact with us on Twitter, and our at is Song Saves World because Twitter doesn't Instagram, want us to I have mean, the Twitter whole thing. handles are shorter, and we will read everything. We will read DMs. We will read comments. We will reply because we love you. We do. And if you really, really love us, or you really just support our cause, and you don't love us, but either way, it's okay. Um, <laughs> You can go support us on our Patreon for just $4 a month. You get a Songwriting Saves the World laptop sticker and loads of additional content from us, including special messages from the guests, album reviews, song reviews, and song critiques from the music of listeners that y'all send in. And just illy times a million, so much love. So exciting. So you can go do that. It is Songwriting Saves the World on Patreon. Thank, Thank you. you. In the dark, I see your face.